Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 148. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with business owners all over the world, supporting them to be at their best and perform at the highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching and online programs. If you're listening to this episode, my aim is quite simple. It's for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared within them. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life. But in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to achieve your goals. Now let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So I am really honored this week to have a great guest, Helen Harding. Now, Helen and I have known each other for many years, probably about 14 years. In fact, Helen was in the very first class that I um, started in learning to become a therapist and a coach. So we have, um, she, has, she has seen and, and could possibly tell you many, many stories about the young Jeff. Um, but so let me tell you a little bit about Helen. So Helen is both a CAM practitioner and a chartered marketer. She spent over 20 years working in marketing and business before following her interests in personal development. Within four years, Helen was earning and living as a practitioner, working three days a week, but earning the equivalent of a full-time salary. Her passion for marketing and business never left her, and she recognized that these were the areas her fellow practitioners struggled with most. She started to support her colleagues, helping them to build their own businesses their way. Helen's unique approach blends her skills as personal development, marketing and business, specifically to support other CAM practitioners. She has had the opportunity to lecture at universities on business skills and planning, tutored and supervised student practitioners, and developed and implemented business structures for private practices and college college teaching CAM practitioners. That was a tongue twister. So Helen, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So I'm going to be honest, um, I've been rabbiting on with Helen for about an hour and 11 minutes, um, just catching up on stuff. Now, Helen and I have known each other for quite some time. It's about 10, 15, 15 years? Yeah, 14, 15 years. It's a long time. Jesus, I was thinner then. Okay, (laughs) so, (laughs) and younger, yeah. And I had another child called Adam, which I have no idea (laughs) came from, but that's a whole other joke for another time. Okay, so can you give us a little bit of a backstory of what's brought you to this point today? So uh, my background's business and marketing. I'm a chartered marketer, had a bit of a midlife crisis and needed to sort some demons out and uh, retrained as a practitioner, which is where I got to know you. And then I've kind of gone full circle because I love the marketing still. So I now help other practitioners set up businesses and market themselves in a way that works for them. Fantastic. So uh, with with because one of the areas you specialize in is is helping complementary and alternative um, or I call them holistic preneurs, but let's say that those types of professionals. Um, what we're going to talk about today, does that transfer across both groups to entrepreneurs and holistic preneur type people? Yeah, absolutely. Because basically, they're still entrepreneurs, although they wouldn't probably class themselves as entrepreneurs. Um, but it's, it's small business owners, it's one person businesses, and it's people that are out there helping other people, you know. So yeah, absolutely. 
Cool. So for you, Helen, what do you think's the biggest, I mean, you know, we're going through one hell of a challenge at this moment in time. We're recording this during the, I'm not even sure if this is the middle, the start, the end, the upsurge. I have no idea what it is of COVID at the minute, but we're going through this challenge and the specific, you know, even more challenges in that trying to get more clients at the minute because no one's really doing anything. Um, But for you, what do you think's possibly the biggest challenge that people believe about their marketing? Because I'm sure you've seen all types of challenges in that marketing sphere. Because in my experience, the you know those people just starting out, they one probably link marketing and sales very very close together, or if not the same thing. The the other thing is that they are probably bombarded with so many different things that this is how you should do marketing, whether it's content marketing or whatever it is. For you, where do you think is the first place to start on that marketing journey? I think the first thing is look at what your strengths are because, you know, where you get bombarded with all this information, you start to think you should be doing everything and be everywhere and you just get overwhelmed and do nothing or you have this kind of scattergun approach where you try everything and nothing works. Um, so really it, it start with the basics, you know, really keep it simple, start small, build your confidence and take it one step at a time, but work from where your strengths are. If you're a great communicator in terms of speaking, do something around that. If you're a writer, do that, but just start with one thing and build from there. And and do you think there's a, there's, a, a special you know formula in the sense of how many times you should be producing the content to, in order to get the right level of traction you know because i you know i might get told and i've been told you know you should blog every single day or you should be doing this every single day and one it overwhelms me and i don't have enough time to see clients um but what is there a specific strategy that you would recommend people sort of use in the sense of getting it out i think it's more about doing what you can I think you need to look at your life, your resources and decide what works with that because there's no point committing to doing a blog every day and then after a week falling off. You know, you're better off doing one a week or one every fortnight and being consistent with it. So I think it's, again, it's all about you, your lifestyle and what you can do, but consistency is the key. So it's doing something and being consistent with it. And how for you do you, how would you recommend maintaining consistency? I think if you firstly pick something you enjoy doing, you're more likely to do it. Um, And also commit to it. If you book it into your diary and and create some sort of commitment, so it becomes a habit. And, And once something becomes a habit, then it's much easier to maintain. Okay, so with the, some of the clients that you work with, they've obviously just started out. Maybe they've never even looked at marketing before. And maybe, you know, there's an awful lot of new business owners who are starting this. And even during these challenging times and when it's not so challenging, where, what types of things? So we've got the blogging, we've got the social media. Do they pick one specific channel for social media or do they how how would you recommend they sort of look at the the social media side of it as well the social media i think go for 
I mean, the ideal would be is be where your clients are. But if you're very new to it, start with what you know and and build your confidence on that and build your consistency on that and start to have conversations. You know, social media is about being social. So you you learn to have conversations and you start to build some traction, then you can go out and, and do the same thing on other channels. But just don't try and do everything at once because it, it's just going to fail. You're not, you're not going to do anything very well. Yeah. And do you think a, quite a common mistake is people will just post pictures, quotes or whatever without really understanding that bit of the the relationship building side? Yeah, I think a lot of people just blast information out there and then they're disappointed when no one no one responds to it. You know, the, the thing with social, although you might put pictures and quotes out, it's about starting conversations. So I think the more you can encourage those, the better. Yeah, yeah, and relationships is business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. It's everything is about relationship. It's relationship marketing in some ways, isn't it? Because it's that it's that nurturing the stuff in order to bring them to you, to buy from you at the end of the day. Yeah. And if, if you don't know, you know, if you're not my client, but you know somebody who might be, then that relationship means you'll recommend them. So... You know, it, that that relationships are important, whatever, whatever you do and whoever you're talking to. OK, so we've got be consistent. We've got look at your strengths. Is there a way that you sort of work through that with your clients? Because, I'm, you know, I'm sure you've come against it. I know I've personally gone through this. I'm sure you have as well as you look at it and go, I don't know anything. <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing I can do. They'll be surprised at what they do. Yeah, now. I think. yeah. yeah. And, and also, they'll be surprised at how much they're already doing with marketing, but they don't classify it as marketing. So, I mean, I, I would say if you're starting out, whatever your business is, and you need to get clients through your door now, the first thing is be really clear who you help and how you help them. So you've got to be able to communicate that really efficiently so someone can repeat it. But then, you know, talk to the people you know in your network, reach out to everybody you know and let them know what you're doing because that is, that's going to bring clients to your door faster than anything else. You know, dabbling around on social media, creating blog posts, that's not going to bring clients to your door tomorrow. So, you know, if you need them soon, it's about the relationships you've got. Because it's a, there's a, they put a huge amount of effort in writing this content and you know, fair enough. I'm the your website is your shop window, so to speak. But if you're not communicating with anyone to go, this is what I do. Because sometimes you could be the best kept secret in in the in the fact that you know you could have been a hypnotherapist or an NLP practitioner or a you know alternative you know uh, kinesiologist. That's the word I'm looking for. But if you're, it's easy for me to say. But if you're not prepared to tell people about that then, you know, how the hell do you expect to even get a business from it? But that's, that's the thing. I think if you've got a really simple message that people understand what you do, and how you help people, that, that's a really kind of basic fundamental thing. And then it's just about telling people about it and making offers, letting people know that you've actually got something to sell. Because that's the other problem is people want to go out and help everyone, but don't actually say, well, look, I, I offer this service or I've got this product. So it's it's making sure people know that you've got something to sell as well. 
It's interesting because I always say that the entrepreneur knows exactly what they need to do to make money, but they don't look after themselves. The holisticpreneur does everything because they want to save the world, but they're scared to make money because they think there's a, a negative connotation to a form of wealth because they're holistic practitioners. So therefore, surely they can't be like that. It's a really interesting way of thinking. It is. And, and and you've hit it on the head there. I mean, I, I taught at university with a multidiscipline team and they were doing their business plans and their first worries were how they were going to do charity and how they were going to give freebies out and how they were going to do work for people that couldn't afford them. And it's like, pay your bills first. <laughs> then you can be as charitable as you want, but pay your bills first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and that's the thing. So as well as the marketing do you, and whether it comes under marketing or whether it comes into, into the sales side is how do you, do you see that within the, you know, your specific area of specific uh, speciality, do you see that they sometimes have this strong issue with price and how they, how they charge for their, because often especially starting out they're trapped in that time trade kind of like thing is um do you you see that as a a challenge for them yeah absolutely and i think one of the things is people tend to be scared of numbers for some reason i like math so i'm a bit weird that way but you know people are scared of numbers and they see someone else is charging x so they think they have to charge it but it doesn't cover their costs or it doesn't add up. So I think, you know, a lot of practitioners when they're training aren't taught how to work out their prices. And there's lots of different ways to price, but one of the basic things is you've got to cover your costs. Otherwise you're not going to have a business. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a hobby. If you do it that way. And I know know that was the first time it bit me and hurt me when I was doing hypnotherapy and it was, um, I remember kind of like looking at things going, but hang on, I'm helping all these people. And hang on, that bit doesn't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be a correlation between the amount of people I'm helping and actually how much I'm actually making. Because I did exactly what you've just said. I kind of like looked around and went, so she, he, and she is charging that. Okay, I'm going to charge that because that's the happy mean. And that was, that was the price matrix for me, not how you say, which is obviously the sensible way. Well, I think that to some extent you've got to look at what other people are doing, but then you've also got to look at what that means for you personally. And if you can't pay your bills, then you've got to find another way of doing it. So, you know, pricing is, is it's, it's a balancing act. It's all a balancing act. But it is, it is something, you know, that, that is almost demonised that you have to ask for money. But the, with today's technology, you can get paid up front you don't need to do that that whole kind of hand over cash thing anymore yeah and that, that's really the interesting one because you're right it's it i remember going in and seeing clients with like a little credit card reader and it was like i that that, that that's easy for me because it's not hand over the notes it's just slot your card in there we do it all the time and i'll take your cash you know it was a completely different way of looking at it but it's it's managing the barriers isn't it it's you know looking at the different things in order to manage you and you know from even from the consistency point of view for for me it was you know 
getting some sort of, I think, um, what was it called? The social media managing app, um, Hootsuite. So, so for me, it was like, oh, well, I've got Hootsuite, so I can just schedule everything in Hootsuite. But then you forget about the communication bit because then I guess it just becomes this automated machine of content, 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 and not the other bit. But Hootsuite's great. You know, I still use it. But the thing is, is you then have to check in every day with with the, the different social media platforms. So it's, it's efficient for keeping that kind of personal side as well. Yeah, and for, I think one of the, for you as well is, is there a difference between the social media platform you like and are comfortable with to the social media platform that your clients and prospects may be on? Um, I think, I mean, my, my preferred one is probably Facebook. Um, and a lot of people using Instagram and I sort of, I I'm getting more used to Instagram. I am using it more, but yeah, there is still a tendency to be comfortable on Facebook. (laughs) Oh, I don't, for me, it's still very hard to grasp how you can use Instagram for certain types of business certain types of business i get you know like if you if you've got hey hey buy my widget you know it's like oh bang okay there but from a coaching point of view or even you know even you know someone does crystals or something like that i can i can see okay i can do that but the challenge for me is is looking at those types of social media is how do i put what i do because i'll be literally standing with a phone next to my ear going you know that oh he must be a coach you know so it's it's that's the challenge i have with that sort of platform so i can understand where that comes from yeah i think it's it's also it's getting that that balance between what you want to portray and as a coach you could put on things like your your beliefs or affirmations and and things like that as little quote cards um which would work really well um i think people yeah it's a very visual thing so i think if you're visual it works really well but it's all like the stories and all of those bits that i just i can't be doing with at the moment do do you yeah because people just go nuts on them it's like it's i i watched one i can't remember who it was nor will i mention it there must have been about 23 to 30 slot like slots of the story and i'm like holy crap they should have just done a video it's like what what how does that work? It just goes nuts. Maybe we're too old for Instagram. <laughs> There's a possibility. There's a possibility, but I do believe I'm like a five-year-old inside. So maybe that's maybe why I like some other channels, but, you know, that's just like Pinterest. There's another interesting one. Like, although is Pinterest deemed as a social media channel? No, it's a search engine, isn't it? Because it's like a graphical... Oh, it's a visual okay. search engine. Okay, yeah. that's good. I know I'm, yeah. I don't have to jump on that one then tomorrow or something and start that portrayal. Although it's supposed to be very, very good for driving traffic to a website. I mean, I, again, I'm not really hot on Pinterest. Um, it's it's on the list to, to do more of. Uh, I try to practice what I preach and limit what I do because, you know, I can quite happily play on all these things for hours and not do any work. Yeah. And, uh, and do you... I think it's also that, like, for example, Instagram, I think one of the things I like about Instagram is I'm able to share my life in a, 
in a, a less of an, for me, an intrusive way, because it's just like, oh, well, there's a picture. It's not like, oh, this is what I'm doing and this is where I'm at and stuff, although it could be, maybe I'm not using that function. But, it's the, you know, it's it's the with Facebook, because, again, there's the difference. A lot of people, where they start going on Facebook, they'll create their profile as their main page rather than their page. And do you, do you feel there's a difference in that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I my my personal page, although I've got people that I'm connected to through work, I don't have um, clinical clients on my personal page because I feel that there are boundaries and the last thing I want is my husband posting silly pictures of the dogs or something random on my page. But the, the business page, I do put personal things on it, but I'm, I'm yeah, it's a choice about how much I share. And then, you know, the groups are separate. The groups are, are something else that, that's kind of private and more interactive as well. So, Yeah, there's so many different things. Because I think that's the other challenge, isn't it? When you start your business, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, you're entrepreneurial or you're, or you're complementary and alternative medicines. You don't ever expect to have to be marketer, content creator you just want to be the job that you've always wanted to be and i think that we can get a big shock but then again there's that consistency and once you get into that consistency and you have the habit like you said then all of a sudden is you you become a lot more comfortable with what you're doing and you can add more to it if you want to but i think that's why if you if you really focus on one or two things and do them well then you can always add to it, but at least you've got that consistency and something going out. And then if someone does look for you, you've got a presence. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Right, I could speak to you about marketing forever and we've already spoken for an hour and God knows how many minutes. Your husband will be wondering where you are. Um, Okay, so we're going to the second part of the show. This is where I get to ask you a set of questions that I ask every single guest who comes on the show. So are you ready? Yep, go for it. Cool. Okay, so on average, how much time do you roughly spend a week dedicated to self-development? I spend about an hour a day doing a morning routine and then any travel time listening to podcasts. So, Cool. What's your favourite show, obviously? Well, Success IQ. Obviously, of course. (laughs) But what is your favourite show, seriously? Um, I think at the moment I'm probably listening to Janet Murray's Build Your Audience. Yeah, well, and because I suppose it's with the podcasting as well. It, this is my marketing engine, so it's, it's. I think podcasting as well is is it's for me. It's become very much part of the marketing process, and I never thought that when I first started. I thought, well, I'll just do the posts, interview people, and get it off. But it's amazing how useful a podcast has become, even from a marketing point of view. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a brilliant way of of getting to know people. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's a relationship building, isn't it, that you talked about before? And your clients will know you because they've spoken to you kind of in their heads because you've been in their heads. So it's a really kind of personal medium. Absolutely. I I know exactly what's going on. So if you're listening. um, Okay, question number two. What book has made the biggest impact to your self-development and personal growth and why? I've read loads, um, but one recently is a book called Finish by John Acuff, I think his name is. And it's just about getting stuff done um, and finishing things. And it's about dealing with 
demons like perfection, which has been one of my demons. And it's just really helped me kind of, yeah, get, get around and deal with that sort of stuff and actually start finishing projects. Cool. Excellent. So is it, does it give you a strategy or is it uh, just sort of, does he have a specific pathology or anything or is it just a make sense kind of book? Yeah, it goes, yeah, it goes through lots of kind of strategies and things, but it also looks at the habits that you get into and that you stuck and it helps you to unpick all of those as well, which I really like because you can kind of see yourself in it. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, what app makes the biggest impact to your business or personal life? Uh, it's a really sensible one, Outlook. <laughs> uh, Microsoft, man. what is it? With... Are you ex-corporate? Yeah. Or ex-education? Yeah, you see, it's ex-education and ex-corporate. They just love, swoon over Microsoft products. Well, Office Although I do have to say, I think the calendar is way better than Apple. Yeah, Office 365. I do everything with that and, and it links into my phone. It's great. So Honestly, I, feel, I actually feel sick. <laughs> That's just that's just that's just not right. Do you use an Apple or do you actually use a Microsoft product? Do you use like a Windows machine? Yeah, yeah I've got a PC. Honest, no. Nah. <laughs> Why did I have you as a guest? This is just not you right. Okay. You <laughs> I did. Do you know what? I actually wanted your valuable content. That's what I wanted. We have to forgive you sometimes for being a Microsoft person, but we'll be fine. Now what's going to happen is on YouTube, when people watch this, I am going to get absolutely slated for any of those Apple people that just hate me because I like Apple products. But anyway, I'm not really that bad. Okay, question number four is what's your biggest business mistake that turned into a valuable lesson and what was the lesson? There are a few to choose from, unfortunately. <laughs> I, do you know, I think the biggest mistake that I've made is being risk adverse. Um, I mean, my husband nicknamed me Captain Sensible. Um, and I am. I'm just one of these really annoying, sensible people. But I think if I'd have built my confidence and take more risks earlier i would have been in a much different place i always wanted to have my own business i wanted always wanted to you know be successful but i was always scared of taking the risks so yeah so actually kind of having the confidence to step out and step up on my own um was the lesson that i learned and actually that things are okay <laughs> yeah it's, not as bad. it's hard isn't it no but it's hard because I mean, you know, let's be honest, perfect example of what's going on in the world. We are nuts owning our own business. You know, it's not, it's, there's nothing, there are, don't get me wrong, there are some great things about owning your own business. You're your own boss, you make your own rules, you do all of that stuff. That's, well, your clients determine your rules, really. That's that's a myth. Um, you know, but you've got that. But, you know, there is something about owning your own business. It's like I said to my wife the other day, and she didn't get the terminology, but I am unemployable now. You know, it's like if if I go and if I work for, I'd be sacked within about twenty seconds because it'd be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not prepared to work like this. This is not how you do it. But it, it is. It, it's it's not. It's a it's a stressed stressful job that is also gives you less stress which is bizarre in the same position but yeah it's dealing with those challenges do you just line line all of the pros and cons and then go no i'm going to stay with that one because it's safer 
I have been known to do that on a spreadsheet once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, Excel. That's why if you've done it on, if you've done it on, no, if you've done it on what it was, it sheets or something, it would be fine. Numbers, I think I that's what's no going on. <laughs> okay, so uh, question number five: What's your challenges in harmonising work and life, and how do you manage them? Um, kind of they they mix together because I'm more or less based at home, although I do work at, at the end of the garden. Um, that you know, there's no kind of clear division, and because I really enjoy what I do, I can get caught up a little bit. So the challenge is, is sort of stopping work and switching off and, and making time for for home. Yeah, and we, we talked about this just before. I mean, one of the one of the benefits you said you have of working at the bottom of the garden is the fact that you can almost shut the door and then go home where some challenge i mean it's not that you ever don't think about it i'm sure you're thinking about it oh, all I the time occasionally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like i work in my house in my house um and it is quite hard like coming upstairs it's like oh there's the office let's just have a wonder and i, I get lost in you know drawing on my whiteboard or something in some creative mode but it is it is that challenge isn't it about when you love what you do trying to manage that you know prioritize what's what's needed and when yeah yeah and also you know making sure that you're giving attention to to everyone else in your life um because this is my baby in some ways and and it, it just takes over if you're not careful yeah very very quickly okay question number six what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out um, you've got this. You can do it, and have faith in yourself. Yeah, because you're not always necessarily going to have all the answers straight away, are you? Nothing's perfect. Just start where you are and just take some action. Love it. Love it. Okay, number seven. What is your definition of success? I think for me, it's about having choice, having choice over what I do uh, and when I do it and who I do it with. I think also it would be about being financially stable so that I could buy back time, you know, uh, either outsourcing or being able to take a a month or two months off and the business still continue, you know, in the background. Yeah. It's interesting. I was, um, I follow um, a guy called Michael Hyatt and he takes a 30 day sabbatical every year. And he's, he's literally been like, I was just thinking the other day, I haven't heard, seen anything on Instagram, Facebook or whatever of Michael Hyatt. And then all of a sudden he came on going, yeah, I just took a 30-day sabbatical. I'm like, I really need to start adjusting some things. Just, I mean, I, you know, it's like you sit there and go, time just flies so quickly. I think I'm going to do a 30-day sabbatical to do something. It's just, but it's, it's, then again, it's having the confidence to know that the business is okay when you do that. There's another challenge on top of that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think the the whole kind of success thing—if you've got the the resources to be able to automate and to get um, people in to help you—then you've got much more chance to be able to remove yourself. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then I suppose is the, then again boils down to marketing by making sure that you've got enough things coming into your funnel to allow you to give you that gift and go, yeah, I'm busy for the next 30 days with my feet up on a beach, looking at the horizon. I'll see you when I come back. 
Sounds good. <laughs> a question about you mentioned that you have a morning routine. Um, do you is and one of the things I'm always fascinated about is routines about what people do either to set their day up or to close their day down. Can you share with us your routine? Are you fine doing that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I started it. I, I did the How Elrod Miracle Morning and I did the challenge for 30 days and I'm about four or five years in now. So I kind of quite like the morning routine. Um, I I've, It sort of morphed a bit as time's gone on. I've kind of made it my own. But yeah, so basically I just... I have an hour in the morning, which is my time. Um, I grab a coffee. I do some meditation. I journal, but I've only got an A5 diary. It's what fits on a page. It's not, you know, pages of it. Um, I do um, some kind of visualization stuff and I read. I read um, a book, usually kind of personal development or business or marketing read for 15 minutes and then I take the dogs out. The dogs know not to bother me until I put the book down now. So (laughs) that's That's when you know you've got your dog trained. (laughs) There's like, it's either coffee and a book. It's like, no, I'm not going to interrupt her. I just, I'm not, if I do that, I'm not going to get my dinner. They know better. So that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So Helen, we've come to the end of the show. Um, Could you tell us how we can get hold of you? Um, I know you've got a book coming out soon. So, um, that's well done on that one we've we've talked a few times on that one (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly Um, can you tell us how we can find out more about you and where we can get hold of things yeah brilliant so yeah as Jeff said I've got a new book coming out which is Your Holistic Business Recipe and it's due out on September the 17th 2020 Uh, you can find all of the information on my website which is helenharding.co.uk and there's some bonus offers as well if you want to pre-order it and uh, entry into a prize draw and yeah love to love to see you on there and connect with you brilliant okay so what we'll do is we'll make sure all of that information goes in the show notes as well helen so no one can be missed um good luck on the book as well um that's a massive massive well done Um, i'm slightly jealous as we've spoken about before um but uh yeah thanks very much for joining me on the show and i wish you the greatest success uh it's been brilliant thanks jeff so first of all just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today it's lovely to know that you're out there listening and it's great to have the emails that i get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show that's really nice really does help me make the show even better If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast, and that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.